Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. You guys, we cannot tell you how much we love you, all of our listeners and this community. And so today we wanted to bring you a little something from our own classrooms. We are going to be talking today about our biggest unit or just kind of lesson planning fails as well as our biggest wins. And we're each going to share one with you, the lessons we've learned from both. Um, and we're pretty excited to dig in. How are you today, Amanda? Hey, buddy. I am good. I am, man, right in the end of the summer train right now. If you guys are listening to us in real time, we're getting pretty close to uh, opening the doors to school again. So I'm just waiting with bated breath to find out what's next every oh, minute gosh. of every day. <laughs> Absolutely. When Amanda and I were talking just before we started recording, I was telling her, like, I think I might start to be able to actually start to think about actively planning for the year next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm in it. I'm starting to kind of dig through. For those of you who haven't heard yet, I'm digging into a new novel unit um, with a thousand splendid sons at the beginning of the school year. So I'm really excited, like, like nerding out excited to do something fresh. So again, here we are, brave new teaching, like new gets me excited and totally feeling invigorated. If you listen to those first three episodes, we talk about that there and we're not redoing the whole year, but we are introducing some fresh perspective and it just, it feels so good to be trying something new. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm getting there. It's, it's been hard because, and I've talked about this a lot on Instagram and I've talked about it here. I'm in a pretty big district. And so getting decisions made can be really 
cumbersome. And so we've been doing a lot of hurry up and wait. And it's, I am, for those of you who know me, I am not a good person at being patient when it comes to adults. <laughs> I am great with kids. I have no patience for like waiting for somebody to make a decision because I just feel like, why wow. is it so hard? I hear myself. Don't worry guys. I hear myself. But so I've been actually very grateful. I've, I've been really, um, not, I've, I've been scared to like plan yeah. because it's just, I don't know. The end of the year was really hard. All of these things. So I have been grateful for other projects that we've been working on through Brave New Teaching. One is the masterclass that has been going on for the last couple of weeks. The day that this episode actually goes live is our last day of masterclasses. And that was down with the reading quiz. It is a masterclass all about formative assessments and how to use formative assessments. And I just need you all to know part of our Brave New Teaching community has been kind of like bringing this to light. And we've had some amazing conversations. Um, and I wanted to thank everybody who has attended these masterclass sessions because you've really given Amanda and I a lot to think about solidified a lot of things with us and asked some, just some great questions. You know how like when you're in a classroom and a student asks you a great question and it, it really you hadn't thought about it that way before, but it solidifies a lot of what you were going to teach or you were like already talking about. That's the same thing that's been happening with these formative assessment masterclasses. Formative assessments, it's not like a really catchy thing that you're like, you know what I want to talk about today? Formative <laughs> assessments. But we leave these masterclasses, everybody involved, energized and like ready to take on new projects and just kind of shake stuff up. So I just wanted to sh throw out there to all of our brave new teachers, thank you for being there. And we will have more stuff like that soon. Yeah. We just are really appreciative of you guys. And, um, you know, Marie and I talk about at least, I don't know how much we talk about it with you guys, but definitely with each other that this summer has been a barrage of random things to jump on trendy wise and, um, you know, everything from a Bitmoji classroom to using Google sites to, you know, there's a, so many cool things out there and it can be really intimidating to figure out what to do next and what's worth your time, what's going to have return on investment. And we're just glad that you guys, uh, trusted us to take you on the assessment train because it may not be cute. It may not be colorful, but you guys know that assessment and what we've been doing with curriculum rehab, these building blocks, these foundational pieces of a curriculum, that's what holds everyone together. And so if you guys haven't gotten a chance yet to check out what we have to offer with curriculum rehab, it is our really, really, really big course, uh, our paid course that we have opened up to everyone. That is currently on sale. It will be open and available to the public for you guys until August 4th, when we will close the doors until a later date, maybe not till 2021. So if you really want to take that next step and jump in on building a curriculum map, a solid foundation, and all of the things you need for your curriculum, please check it out at our website. We're at bravenewteaching.com. You can just toggle on the left-hand side and you'll find all of the information there. And uh, we hope you guys come and check it out before the doors close. Absolutely. But don't worry if you're listening to this later on we still have some great content for you. So I think without any further ado, let's start jumping into our fails and wins, shall we, my friend? I'm ready to be super honest with you guys. <laughs> Me, you know how we hold back. All right, cue intro music. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. 
And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Okay, my friends, we are just going to jump right in. And in fact, we've decided to end this episode on a positive note. What is wrong with you? There is <laughs> butter? Is that a There's butter wrapper? Butter wrapper that was in my hydro flask. <laughs> I've been drinking out of this thing for like a half an hour. <sighs> Guys, I'm just drinking out of this adorable hydro flask that I thought was clean. It was I took it off the drying rack, but I guess when I washed it, I shoved a butter wrapper. Well, you know where the butter came from, right? Is like the 45th serving of macaroni and cheese that Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. even, like, blink at that. I knew that was exactly what it was. It was from a box of mac and cheese because let's, that's uh, okay. where all the butter in my house goes. Speaking of fails, <laughs> let's talk about our teaching fails because my mothering fails are clearly, uh, slash life fails, are too high to count. <laughs> never, never a dull moment here at Brave New Teaching. Okay. I will start with my, you know what? It's probably not my biggest career fail, but it's the first thing that popped into my head and kind of like the strongest. Both of my examples, my fail and my win are pretty recent. For those of you who don't like know me and a little bit about me, if you missed our first, uh, one of our first episodes where we talked about like our own teaching journeys, quick recap for me. I have been a teacher since 2007. I was an English teacher for the whole beginning of my career. I became a theater teacher for five years. And then I was out of the high school classroom for two years doing like a rotating itinerant teaching position, teaching in elementary schools. Okay. So that takes us up to the fall of 2018. The fall of 2018, I am back in the English classroom and I am so excited because I wanted to become a teacher to teach English. So I'm back where I wanted to be, right? I was like, awesome. I'm teaching all sophomores in my first like term, my first two quarters back. One prep. This is going to be great. I have three sections of sophomores and sophomores are like my people. I've been teaching 10th grade the longest of any of the other like preps within the ELA realm. So I'm all in, right? And I planned this like super interactive, inquiry-based, literary lenses, like super like cool unit with like (laughs) all of with stations and all these great task cards and like interactive slideshows for kids to access different materials. And it was like planned out. And guess what else it was? too flipping much for just barely not ninth graders anymore. Like first day of school, these kids came in and I was like, we're going to talk about lenses. And I like started getting into like critical lens theory. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not, I mean, they're just like taller ninth graders for the first, you know, honestly, I said so many times. Yeah. Like it takes until like Thanksgiving break and they come back and all of a sudden sophomores go, did you know that I'm in high school? Yeah. Did you know that I'm now a young adult? And I'm like, you've been here for almost a year and a half. But like, I don't know what was wrong with me going into my 12th year then of teaching, but I just like, and those little faces were looking at me like, what the actual what is this woman smoking? Like, what is wrong with her? Why does she think that like, 
what is she even talking about? Like I was just <laughs> too much, too soon, too fast. Like I was trying to teach like college level yeah. theory. If I had started with one or two lenses, not, I'm not kidding you, 10. But you know what? Your intention is <laughs> so good. And I'm sure people who are listening are like, I've done that or I was thinking about doing that tomorrow. Right, right, right. And it's, and it's, not, that it, it's not that they can't handle it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying my sure. students were like inept. I'm saying that I was like slamming them with this really higher thinking. There was no warming up. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> day they one. Hold muscles because they want about yeah. Day one critical race go. So that bombed miserably, and and we got to the point where later on in the year I could be like, hey guys, remember that first week of school where I was trying to make you do college level stuff? Yeah, Mrs. Morris, what was that? And I was like, I just I did not have my sea legs. Like I just I knew what I was doing, and I remember them like looking around like, what is who is this woman? Like what is happening here? I just didn't you know, have they're, my sea they're legs. Whether it's your 12th year or your first year, I feel like whenever you are trying something new, one of the hardest things about teaching that I can never explain to anyone else is that figuring out your pacing is just trial and error. It's just, you know, in your head, obviously that scaffolding needs to happen. You know, in your head, what you generally want to happen. But I remember my first years of teaching, I would go into these like observation meetings and they'd be like, well, where do you want your students to be? And I'm like, somewhere else yeah you're like in the, in the <laughs> I want them in the classroom um <laughs> you know they would ask me these questions like well where is this going where do you want this to be and I'm like I've never done it before and it's just really pacing is always a struggle whether it's you know you're new or you're old but no matter what it's it's hard for sure for sure I think I think a lot of people probably have fails in terms of pacing Oh yeah. I, I mean, and once again, I think the reason that I really wanted to go with this one today is it's not a new teacher fail. I no. was over a decade in, I knew better. I yeah. just didn't think about it. <laughs> I don't know. A a okay. Amanda, tell us about your epic failure. So my epic failure, I can tell you is rooted in something that was a new teacher problem. Um, and I, I actually wrote about this last summer because it's just, it's really close to home. So when I first started teaching, I genuinely believed that relationships were it. Like, that's why I wanted to teach. I wanted to build relationships with kids. I wanted to know them. I wanted to, you know, just be their person. And I was emphatic about it to the point where, I mean, that was all that mattered to me my first year of teaching. And so you're not alone. (laughs) There there were, and and I don't, I don't not believe that anymore, but I'll tell you this story. So, um, there, (laughs) God, this is so embarrassing. You guys, (laughs) my first year of teaching, I had quite a few interruptions. So the first thing that happened was like in the third week of school, my dog, my family dog. Cause okay. I'm 22 living at my parents' house cause I'm poor. And our family dog was like really sick. And so my dad calls at the end of the school day and he's like, well, we're going to put down Razzle today. So, you know, come straight to the vet. And so I told my boss, I'm like, listen, I do not want to be, I had a teacher in high school who came into school after her cat died and she cried the whole day. I'm like, I'm not going to be that teacher. So I need to take tomorrow off because I'm going to be a mess because we're putting our dog down. So whatever I take the day off, And a sub goes into my classroom and I find out when I get back that the kids were A, horrible, B, the sub told my students that I was at the hospital with my two sick kids 
What? Uh, right. So like things were falling apart. <laughs> then fast forward to like Thanksgiving, I got mono. I was out for like a week and a half. My kids were a nightmare. Fast forward to like January, I got called into jury duty. Dude. And I'm on a federal case for two weeks. Dude. Right? So the culmination of this is that on the, like, whatever, couple of last days of my jury duty when, of course, you don't know how long you're going to be on jury duty. So I couldn't, like, get a sub for two weeks. I got a new sub every day because I had to call in each day separately as we're doing Julius Caesar for the first time. And I'm like, I don't know. Here's a study guide. Teach it sub. Like, oh, my God, you guys, it was a nightmare. And so at the end of the the story here is that basically what happened is I got back to school. I found out that, like, Six of my kids got suspended. I had a mural. Okay. These are like, we had old school desks. They were lined up in the back of the classroom with sperm cartoons shooting across (laughs) nine desks across the room. And (laughs) I'm not kidding. They had faces on them. They haunt me to this day. I can still see it. It was a disaster. Now, you may be wondering, Amanda, it's not your fault you weren't there. Well, here's the thing is I was heartbroken because I thought that my relationship with my kids was so strong that they were going to sit through all of these scenarios and be little angels and behave well for me because they love thought You thought that your relationship would take the teenager out of them. And, and what I realized very slowly, like kind of from that day into my like second and third year of teaching is that like, if you want strong relationships, you also have to have routines and rigor. Like you have totally. to have this trifecta because my kids did, they came back and they were like chumming with me, you know, like, oh, it was hilarious. La, la, la. Hey buddy. And I was their buddy and they thought it was so funny. And I was like, well, you guys actually super disrespected my classroom. You disrespected every sub that came in here. That's a representation of me. And like, they didn't understand that I demanded respect in our relationship because I didn't put together a classroom that had high expectations and had routines that had limits and predictability. So all of that, it took me a long time to learn. I will link the blog post for you guys. So you can kind of like learn more about like how I learned to build those three things together because I have better relationships with kids now because they understand the limits. They understand the the way that I, where I want them to be, you know, why I want to be close with them is because I want them to be successful. It's a lot like parenting, you know, it's, it's based in like you hit the nail on the head. It's expectations that are clearly communicated and it's a relationship based on respect. Yes. Yes. Versus connection. Connection's great. You can connect with anybody, Correct. but if there's no basis of respect and, 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 and respect goes both ways, right? And I, I think, and I know you think this, that providing students with clearly communicated expectations and routines is a very clear way that teachers can demonstrate respect for students because we're making it a safe place for them emotionally to like be intellectual and be a person and be a teenager because, you know, kids are spazzy. Humans are spazzy. It's just like what we do. Did you take any pictures of your sperm mur- mural or is I'm it just sure like they're somewhere etched into your brain? It's mostly in my brain. I mean, I know that this is an audio format, but like, I feel like everybody out there also wants to see, maybe not everybody <laughs> wants to see a sperm mural, but like I'm depraved and I want to see it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
I was going to it pales in comparison to what I'm imagining. Oh, there were just so many things that fell apart. And the thing is like, if you would have walked in on a day that I was teaching, like things were going great. But like, I knew that a strong classroom should be running differently when I'm not there than the way that it was. Um, And even when I was there, I, I was, I prioritized like catching up with kids at the beginning of the period, right? I had a swarm of kids at my desk that wanted to talk. And then a bunch of kids who were sitting in their desks waiting for class to start. But I was prioritizing relationships in air quotes. And instead of like giving yeah. my kids a predictable structure of every single day of learning, I was, yeah, it, it, yeah. it was a very cloudy, muddy, difficult, whatever place to manage. Um, and you guys will get there. I think, and I, and I still now sometimes feel like now I'm so... I'm so regimented that sometimes I have to remind myself to relax. Because you're a mom of toddlers. I mean, right? We hit the other end of the spectrum where you're kind of like, everything will go according to plan and you will have that boxed macaroni and cheese when I am done making it. Totally. You will wait. So yeah, if you're feeling like you don't know how to draw the line, like you might just need to live it a little bit. So give yourself some grace and like just live it and then do the good thing and reflect and adjust and we'll be good. We'll all be okay. And I'm here for you. Absolutely. Same. Oh, by the way, um, my dog didn't actually die. (laughs) That's important. So details. I know there are so many, this is all my first year of teaching. So the, I took the day off and in the morning we went, we, so I'm sorry, we went after school to go put her down and the vet, like we were like needles, like to her neck. And the vet's like, wait, 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 let's maybe watch her overnight. And we're like, stop it okay. Oh, you know, like we're all stopping it. We're like, okay, we'll wait overnight. So the next day we go back to the vet to check on her. And, uh, turns out they put a bowl of food in front of her face. She stood up and walked and she hadn't walked in days, uh, stood up, walked out of her cage, ate the food and then ran a lap and was fine. What a jerk. Two more years. So <laughs> what a jerk. Tried to explain that one. when I got back, I took a bereavement day. P.S. That's really, <laughs> that's really funny. Okay. I haven't thought about that in a long time. That's really funny. Okay, let's talk about our wins because it's always good to end on a positive note. I will, I mean, my win is pretty recent as well. It's this past fall of 2019. I was teaching seniors for the first time in a minute. Actually, the last time I taught senior English was my first year teaching. So a very long time ago, this past fall, I sat there and I was like, okay, I've been in the freshman sophomore realm for uh, over a year I want to not make the same mistake that I made the first fall with sophomores throwing them into a college course. Okay. But I also don't want to baby my seniors. So why don't I just ask them what they know? <laughs> so one of the best things that you can do, and it's, it's kind of like a pretest strategy, but what I did because it's an ELA course is I had students give me sample writing, like really short. I think I gave them a claim and an article. And I said, you know, find me the evidence to back up this claim and analyze it a bit. Brilliant. Really simple, easy. And I got very good data that I needed to be like, okay, we need to cover this. We need to cover this. These two kids need this. Like I could, I could conference. And then the other thing I gave them was like a skill and comfort level survey. I just went, what do you feel like you're lacking before we move you into college? What do you feel okay with? Like, and so I asked very specific pointed questions having to do with reading, uh, writing, listening, and speaking skills and, and what we were going to be working on. And I went from there. And I already had my curriculum designed, but I could like really laser focus on these things that kids didn't feel comfortable with and also compare that against what I got from the writing sample. And that was like 
It's one of the, it's something I used to do a long time ago ish. And I've gotten so much better at it now. It's just so much yeah. better. Yeah. When, Where are you? Yeah. Simple. Win. Hashtag um, win. One of the things we talk about in curriculum rehab, um, I'm not sure if we talked about here, is that one way we like to get essential question units rolling is by using a gateway activity. And so I finally was kind of in my groove. We found a good essential question, uh, but I was having a hard time with gateways until one night after parent-teacher conferences, my friend Brian and I went out for a beer. Um, so this is an alcohol-induced idea. So that might be part the of the best ones. Do can be. Um, and we're like, okay, so we're doing this unit on dystopia. Like how do we get kids to actually like buy into the reality half of dystopia? And so what we decided to do against probably a lot of other good judgment was create a hoax for our students. And so so our gateway activity was a hoax simulation scenario where we drafted a fake letter from the district alerting students of a new bill that had been passed in the Illinois State Senate um, called the Safe Eye Bill. And so we had a blast writing this letter. I mean, there was stuff in this letter about like, when you walk through the door, like automatically this like remote is enabled on your ID that we can track where your location, we're using it for attendance. Um, You know, your cell phones are also um, tracked with a number of text messages sent and like um, there's a word count something or other we put on there. Like we said, it's connected to the parent portal so the parents can see the messages that you've been sending back. I mean, oh my gosh, we just like went to town. I love it. And then couched it in this like dystopian idea of like security, right? So the kids, so I learned also, we did not print this letter. We projected the letter. And we also said, because right, no, that no one wants to, they didn't want to pay for it. Yeah, real quick fail. Yeah. I think the first time we actually put it on the overhead, oh, overhead projector. But yeah, so we put, we projected it on the screen and we walked the kids through it. We kind of just totally played cool. We're like, listen, you know, your parents signed off on this in your registration packet, but. I know no one's been bringing it up or talking about it. We just want to make sure you guys are aware. Um, if you have any questions, let me know. And kind of like just dismissed it. And all the kids started to perk up. And like this genuine, authentic discussion started. That is About awesome. the unit we were about to start. It was amazing. And so we used it for several years. And it became the kind of thing that like, they were like, oh, did you do it yet? I won't say anything. And like, they were so Oh, I love that. They wanted everyone else to like get, like they were pissed. They were pissed. They wanted the authentic experience for like their younger. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Authenticity only comes like a handful of times, like in your really like your genuine, those moments. So it was really good. We used it for a really long time. And, um, I still, I still believe in like a simulation, maybe not a hoax, but simulations are so worth for sure. If we're talking about return on investment, like they're usually really worth something immersive. And it doesn't, I mean, like, it sounds like you wrote a letter and you projected it and you played it cool. Like it's not too crazy. No. Right. And it's so, yeah. So I'm stealing that. So. I'll send you a draft of it. It was hysterical. Well, now I it's like, it. to look back because I think we wrote it like in 2011. And so like what I put on there about cell phones is like hilarious. That's so funny. Because I think we did it. We made the mistake one year of not really updating it. And they're like, well, we'll just use Snapchat. I won't even, who uses text messages? Like, <laughs> so who uses those anymore? <laughs> yeah. Kids started to get defiant with their apps. Yeah. We have other things it. we do. But it was still, so then we updated it. And then, you know, I don't teach that class anymore. So here we are. Ugh, but I, I kind of do. 10th grade, we have got some dystopia. I love it. 
Well, friends, this brings us to the end of our little discussion today of our fails and wins. We hope that by sharing this with you, that you all are A, thinking of your own fails and wins and the lessons learned, right? And B, just kind of feeling a little less alone. That's pretty much why we share so much. It's like, pretty much. You do it. You do, like, everybody has these kinds of moments and these learning moments. And sometimes they're really funny and sometimes they're really not funny, but they always, like, you can always have some takeaways. Um, in fact, if you are following us at Brave New Teaching on Instagram or even following Amanda at Mud and Ink Teaching or me, the caffeinated class on Instagram, we are going to be running some polls and asking some questions because we want to know some of your unit or lesson fails as well as your wins so we can share, you know, the wealth and just kind of grow as a community. Yeah, we're in it together, you guys. And I hope that this brought some levity to your summer if you're <laughs> listening to us live or even if you're listening to us at another time. We hope it just made you take a deep breath and remember that teaching is hilarious and stupid and crazy and fun and exciting and just and a ridiculous. Constant learning curve, constant, constant learning curve. It's like drinking out of a hydro flask for an entire day and then realizing there's butter paper inside. I, well, and I mean, was it a richer flavor? No. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, friends, with that, if you have not had a chance yet to head to bravenewteaching.com to check out Curriculum Rehab, our course on creating a year-long curriculum that really fits you and your style and your philosophy and your students and their needs and all of these other things, please take a moment there. Like Amanda said earlier, that will be available until August 4th of this year, 2020, and then the doors close and they will reopen again either later 2020 or early 2021. And uh, with that, I think we are going to bid you all adieu. Thank you Thanks. so much for listening. Thanks for joining us guys. And don't forget to leave a review. We love to hear how things are going on your end. So thank you for everything. And we'll see you next week. Absolutely. See you guys next time.